1: What's going on, everybody? On today's episode of the No Huddle Show, we are back. We are at the NovaCare. Football is here, and we have an OTA practice to talk about, which means we're not talking about the draft. We're not talking about free agency. We are talking about this actual roster, how players looked. We got a chance to look at Carson Wentz for the first time, really since his ACL injury, and move around. Uh, Me and Zach talk about that. We talk about the running back position, the the nickel cornerback. We now know who that is. Uh, That was revealed. The running back position, rookies that stand out. And we try to talk about this White House topic what the players have said about it, and what they kind of have planned coming up. So jam-packed episode, plenty of football talk, also the White House talk, just plenty to talk about. So it was a really enjoyable episode. But as always, if you're listening to this on YouTube, I got a comment, people saying, I don't appreciate the YouTube fans. I love the YouTube fans. So I I, I really appreciate you guys that listen on YouTube. Uh, One episode, we'll do an episode completely of questions from YouTube. But if you are, go subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, SoundCloud iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. So really, whenever wherever you can get podcasts from, we are on there. Go subscribe. Leave us that five-star review. We really appreciate it. We re- we read a review and a question every episode. We have one today from PhillyFan18. Um, so lots to talk about, and let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? No huddle show. Elliot Shore Parks. I am here with Zach, and we are at the NovaCare complex because football, at least football without pads, is back. The Eagles finally held a practice today, uh, full practice. This wasn't like the rookie mini camp. We only got to see 10 or 15 minutes. So, is this our first one we've done together at the NovaCare? It yeah, is. It is. It is. All right. So, this is a momentous is, occasion. Yeah. Welcome to the NovaCare recording booth, which is just a room upstairs at the media <laughs> house. But we are here, and since we're here, like I said, that means football is back. This was. Your first time to watch a full full Eagles practice,
0: right? Yeah, and of course, of course, it rained and we had to be pushed inside. Correct. we ninety people and like fifty media members were all squished into Correct, the, the yes. indoor area.
1: So it was very nice to uh, at least we got a chance to watch it though. So that yeah, was yeah, good. I don't want to complain too much. <laughs> <laughs> I know now, now that the offseason has been going, man. Like I've been trying to kill time. I did an hour and a half of hot yoga this week. Like it is, <laughs> wow, I, hot I know yoga. I'm still very sore, but it was it was a good workout. But I'm very sore. But anyway, watching <laughs> football is obviously better. So. Let's. We have a bunch to talk about from today's practice. I have a list here of. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine main takeaways that we had from basically an hour, forty-five minute, two-hour session today. Plus um, talking
0: with Doug and Carson. Yeah, and then Doug beforehand. and Carson.
1: Exactly. They talked today, so lots of news at the Care. From here on out, we'll be getting about once a week. So things are really starting to ramp up. We'll be seeing this team more and more. Um, obvious first takeaway. I mean, it was what everyone was waiting to see, and in my opinion. Completely exceeded expectations. Carson Wentz today.
0: I thought he looked great. Yeah. I mean, he when he talked to us, he kind of, like, wouldn't really tell us what he was going to do because we spoke to him beforehand. And mm-hmm. and I at first, I thought maybe he was just going to do, like, the handoffs and just kind of stand near his guys and root them on. But I didn't he, even think he would do that. I know. And then he, all of a sudden, he's like doing footwork drills. He's doing, right. he's throwing the ball. Yep. And he, he, his movement was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't even paying attention to where the ball was going necessarily. I was looking at his legs, how he was moving, and the power he's kind of putting on the throws. And it, it, I mean, it, it, he looked like Carson Wentz. Mm. Like I, I was blown away by it. So when he talked before practice, my initial takeaway was I thought he looked
1: a little skinnier than normal. Yeah. Oh, I totally thought. Yeah. The same thing. It yeah. looks like he's definitely down. Um, so it
0: probably comes with just being on one leg for. Right, not being able to
1: do as much cardio. Although, I mean, I guess you would think you'd put on weight. I would definitely put on True, weight if yeah. I... <laughs> just eat, eat a bunch of yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, all, all the yoga is not why gonna... Carson Wentz and we're... Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're recording upstairs. But, no, I mean, I thought he did look skinnier. I mean, I guess he hasn't been able to lift as much. But I thought he looked skinnier. But like you said he, said, he talked about what he might do, what he might not do. Um, outside of just handing the ball off, I mean... You mentioned it. He was—I don't want to say cutting, but he was definitely dropping back, moving around. I mean, in he was the moving his
0: knee, like the knee that that's bad. He was—he was running from drill to drill,
1: like right. Yeah, no. And then after, after, um, so he did all the individual drills. Which, if you've never seen an Eagles practice, is basically he, you know, handed the ball off, turning backs, which doesn't sound like a lot, and it isn't. But when you're talking about a torn ACL. You're taking the ball from the center, you're turning, you're backpedaling and giving it to the running back. So that's a fair amount of movement and, you know, moving of your legs and your hips. Then he was doing a drill where he would take the ball, snap, he would snap, get the ball from the snap, turn around, go towards the corner of the end zone and then fire it. Uh, you know, throw into into the corner of the end zone. So he was moving quite a bit there. He did a few drills where the um he would back up, and then the quarterback coach would tell him to go left, right, left, right. He was so he was doing a fair amount of stuff, and not only just doing it, looking really smooth while he did it. So let me ask you this: after seeing this, have your expectations changed at all? For I guess first we can start with training camp, but really more the, the start of the
0: regular season. Yeah. Well, I mean a big thing will be how he feels like tomorrow and like in the next couple of days after the first day, he like put weight on the knee and stuff like that. But I, I, at this point I'd be pretty shocked if he's not starting week one. Like, yeah, like you can't walk away from that and not think that like he was moving. Like I, I, my impression was that he might miss all of this, area and then he clearly is just progressing faster because he's a freak of nature named Carson Lentz but uh, my expectation is that he's going to be playing week one right I mean yeah
1: and I mean as Eagles fans remember when they first acquired Sam Bradford he was coming off of an ACL injury and he it was 2015 for his offseason practices and keep in mind he tore his ACL and I think I believe it was late August um back in 2015 but or 2014 season, but he toured in August, so he had a three, two or three month head start on Carson Wentz, and he did nothing for OTAs. He just stood there. Well, cause um, with
0: Sam Bradford, if you have to remember, there's always a risk that he just injured his injures his other knee when he right comes, exactly. So I mean, that's a little <laughs> bit of a different situation.
1: But my point is, yeah. the fact that Wentz is doing all this, I think, is extremely encouraging. Now, could like to me, he looked like he could play today, but. I'm not a doctor, and you know there's a difference between doing the drills and just get into potentially taking hits, potentially taking hits. Obviously, but I think he can already move well enough where he could play. So at this point, it's just a matter of his knee being able to take a hit, and that'll come. I mean, you know, they don't have to play today. It's still it's still May. They they have all the way until the first week of September. So to me, I did think Carson Wentz would play, but you know, you're you're never sure because of an injury. And I saw a a tweet today, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, was a full go for OTAs, and he he had a four month head start on Carson Wentz as well. And so, you know, you're talking about four months from Carson's injury and all that. So, you know, you were looking at realistically week two, three, four, when he'll actually be physically ready to play in terms compared to what other quarterbacks have done. But it seems like he is really, he really is ahead of the curve. And I mean,
0: it's crazy to not to cut you off, but it, like he suffered the injury like in late December, right? Middle of December and usually it's what nine to 12 month recovery that that would that would mean he would have in theory should have missed the entire season which in before like at 10 years ago he probably misses all of this year Mm -hmm. but i just the way everything they have available to them now like it's pretty remarkable that we're talking about him playing week one when he just suffered the injury less than a year ago
1: and i also think there is a part of it um i don't know if you picked up on this if you agree with this or not but to me it seemed like luck like Yes, today was a football practice, but the reality of the NFL is the NFL is a monster way more than football. And the, this was our first practice where the whole time there was cameras there. All the reporters were there, Wentz talked beforehand. Everyone knows that what happened today is going to be magnified because it is the only time we see him this week. To me, I think Wentz went out there today with a message to show, like, this is my team, I'm the quarterback, I'm going to be back, I am healthy. I mean, even when he wasn't practicing or doing the individual drills, during the team drills, he was talking to Doug Peterson. D- Doug said before practice that uh, him and Wentz still meet and talk about plays in the playbook. And you could see Wentz talking with Foles, talking with Sudfeld. And I think today was a little bit of a message Wentz sent, like, this is still my team. And I think, not that it's needed,
0: but the reality is, like, Nick Foles is a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, that's just, yeah, you I'll, know. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it was kind of funny that we all were there and we nobody, like, actually cared about what's going on with Nick Foles. Like, we were all so focused on Wentz, and I think that kind of said everything about the fact that this is his team. I mean, maybe the players – even the players are talking about Carson Wentz in the Uh locker room afterwards when we talked to them. Like, guys were talking about how they're not even surprised that he's back. So, like, he's clearly been around the team trying to become that leader again. Right. And it's it's just – it's remarkable that the Super Bowl MVP is kind of an afterthought already.
1: And I was thinking about this earlier in the week when I was writing an article. Like – it's it's I'm not trying to drop like a serious hot take here, but it isn't a stretch to say that Wentz to a certain degree has to reprove himself to his teammates. And here's why. I mean, if let's say Wentz doesn't go down last year and they don't win the Super Bowl, like everyone still thinks Carson Wentz is far and away the best quarterback on this team. I'm not saying players in the locker room disrespectful, but I think everyone knew that he was Wentz is better. But now, with Foles, with Foles having shown he can win a Super Bowl, if Wentz comes out and struggles, I do think there's more of, of players saying to themselves, well, I mean, look, Foles played really well for us last year. So it is crazy to think, but I do feel like there's a part of Wentz that knows it, and there's a part of Wentz... That it, if he thinks that it, it's true he has to come in and reprove like yes i'm still the man on this team i am still the starting quarterback i am the best quarterback i'm the quarterback that deserves to play and i think today was the first step publicly at least kind of reassuring people and showing that that's the case
0: yeah i think i think there's i would say there's a greater than 0% chance that if wentz Struggles that there's going to be guys calling for Nick Foles greater than zero. Huh? Not necessarily saying there's that people will say that Wentz needs to be benched or anything like that, but like it's going to be in the back of people's mind, and I, and Wentz knows that. I mean, yeah. he, he's been he saw how everybody embraced Nick Foles around town and around this locker room, and he's heard Nick Foles talk about how he wants to be a starting quarterback. I know they have a great relationship, but yeah, you I mean it'd be pretty surprising if that wasn't in the back of his head. Like I need to go out there and prove that this is still my team.
1: So as you mentioned during the
0: individual drills, everyone was looking
1: at. At Wentz, but when they did get the team, it was only Foles, uh, Sudfeld. Foles, Sudfeld, and Callahan. Callahan Cal is looks be, like he's like five foot three. Yeah, next to those guys. <laughs> yeah, he is a small guy, especially compared to all the Eagles quarterbacks are They're pretty small. 6'5, but yeah. But no, Callahan looked awful. He's going to be this year. <laughs> he's going to be this year. Yeah, Mag- so, much this for, year as so much
0: for the idea that he was like pushing Nate Sudfeld or right, something. Right, yeah, but, no, he, he is terrible. But I didn't think the quarterbacks in
1: general played very well today. Yeah. Um, Foles had two really bad interceptions, one where he threw it deep to try to hit Mike Wallace, who had a step on Jalen Mills. Wallace was deep, like, yeah, alone. Yeah. yeah, and he badly through that one. Um, and then he had a really bad uh, interception along the sideline to, uh, to I believe it was Sidney Jones that picked it off. He was trying to hit Aguilar. So Foles did not play well, but when, he, when I was watching this and I'm tweeting, and I love live tweeting, I love <laughs> training camp, I love overreaction, I love all that stuff, but while I was doing it, I was thinking, like, it's just so silly to think what a small stage this is for Foles. I mean, he literally and he's knocking
0: off Russ from not right. playing. For yeah, the last he just two months, he, yeah.
1: he just won the Super Bowl. He <laughs> out-dueled Tom Brady, and I'm out here tweeting Cut him. like, "Cut him. Yeah, I'm out here tweeting <laughs> like, "Man, this is a rough practice for him." So, the Super Bowl does put everything in context. I mean, if you cover the Patriots, you're probably like, even a bad you know Week you 14 loss. You're like, who even cares about this? But it is funny how every how that puts everything in its perspective. But no, I I thought Foles didn't play well today. But like you mentioned, doesn't really kind of matter. Sudfeld, though, does matter. It does matter how he looked. It well, does it, matter how he plays.
0: It, it's not a hundred percent. I, I think I wrote about this the other day. It's not a hundred percent lock that they keep a three quarterbacks. No. If Sudfeld doesn't look good, like th- that's a valuable roster spot. And if Wentz is healthy, like we think he will be, like mm-hmm. Sudfeld has to prove that he belongs here. I know they they've talked about him pretty positively in the press, but I mean that's that's all public. We don't know what they think about him. So if if he comes out here and struggles, I mean. He, I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't make the 53.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's a tough spot because, like you said, if Wentz is going to be active in week one, um, I mean, maybe you still hold on to him because you want him as insurance for Wentz, as in he's then Foles' backup. I mean, he was a snap away from playing yeah, the Super Bowl last sure. year. So I do think – but look. Like you're saying, that third roster spot for the quarterback position is a very valuable one, especially in years like this where linebackers, I mean, we'll talk about Paul Warlow, but linebacker position, they have a ton of different options there. Running back, I mean, defensive line, defensive tackle, there's, there's a ton of different interesting things, I mean, especially with Jern do you put him on the pup. Running back,
0: They're, I don't know if you mentioned that, they have a lot of guys there.
1: Right, so it's going to be tough to do the roster spots. So. If so, in terms of Nate Sudfeld, I do think that's going to be a tough decision for them. Something we're going to keep an eye on all summer yeah, for sure. And I didn't think he helped himself today for the first practice. He didn't. He had the one interception in the end zone that I remember. That was a bad throw. He had a few touchdowns in the red zone, but I mean, red zone touchdowns in, in training camp don't mean a ton. <laughs> they're they're pretty easy to do. Nobody's you run four, anybody, four yeah. You, yeah, you run four <laughs> or five plays in a row from the 4 yard line. So, uh, any other takeaways of the quarterback play in general outside of uh, Wentz?
0: No, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, like the first thing I, I mean, besides Wentz, like I I really did it really blew me away how much much shorter Joe Callahan was than yeah the other like I know they're big guys but like it just stuck out like this is a guy that, that just was found, the same thing with found hanging out over uh, by the street and they're like hey you want to throw some balls real quick right yeah like that was the same like with that McCoy. guy's not gonna be around here like I, I think he's like a local kid I think he's from like Delaware or something but. I mean, it's a cool story for now, but he, he won't be here long.
1: So, nickel cornerback, that was the other big yeah. question coming into this practice. Um, it was our first We're chance. Actually,
0: this is probably the main thing we learned today, I think.
1: Right. I mean, that's the good thing about these practices is they have to line up in first, second, third team. Yeah. I mean, that's just reality of the situation. So, you get a real good uh, look at what different uh, – of what, how they're viewing um, the depth chart. The depth, right depth now, chart, yeah. yeah. So, nickel cornerback's the biggest question with Patrick Robinson having left. And they made it clear right from the jump. Like, they weren't switching people in and out. They opened, if I remember correctly, their first drill, they opened in a nickel defense. And it was Jalen Mills on the outside, Ronald Darby on the outside, and Sidney Jones as your nickel corner, taking over for Patrick Robinson. Um, Sidney talked about it afterwards, about how he's never played nickel. He practiced it a little bit in college. He made it sound like this is going to be one of those things where they start him out there and everyone's going to get a turn, but they started him there for a reason. Um, I think they're confident Jalen can do it in a pinch, but I think... It's pretty clear in an ideal world they want Sidney Jones to be their nickel corner. Um, what do you think of that decision of giving him the first thing? Would you have kept him on the outside considering he is basically a rookie, or do you like them going putting him in a nickel? Well, that's the
0: thing. It's very interesting. I know it's still early, so they could change their mind in theory, but it I think we all kind of assumed it would be Jalen Mills. They would move inside when they went to the nickel, and and Sidney uh, would play on the outside, right? Wasn't that kind of our yeah. assumption? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I was a little surprised by that because, especially hearing you say that he said he had never played the nickel before, uh, it, it's surprising. But I mean, in theory, they think he's a super talented guy, and they probably have, are high enough on him that they think he can handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Mills made it sound like he hasn't even they even like talked to him about like moving to other positions. Like it seems like this is set. Like he's the slot, and there those two guys are on the outside, barring injury, right? And We'll find out how committed they are to that, or you know, over the next couple times we see them practice. But it's a risk for sure. This is a guy that is essentially a rookie. He he didn't play most of last year. I think he didn't practice most of the year as well, at least fully. Right. So they're going to find out pretty quickly if he's ready to take on. Praxer Robinson was one of the MVPs of the defense last year. Like, it's an important role. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's basically a starting role. Now, today, watching him, it is tough to see at times, I mean, with corners, because you don't always know responsibility, yeah. especially in practices like this. I thought he played well, though. I mean, I didn't see him get beat. Um, He had the interception. interception yeah. yeah, he had the interception, which was basically thrown right to him, but he still made the play on it. So it looks like that's their plan going forward. Um, In terms of the other lineups, or I guess, you know, the way they had the offense defense set up, one of the other main takeaways was just that – I mean, Jason Peters was in there with the first-team offense at left tackle. Jordan Hicks was in there. Uh, and they
0: were also only playing two linebackers, it seemed like. Right, most of the time, yeah. which is
1: why Sidney was out there. But they had Jordan Hicks in there. Um, so it seems like health-wise, everyone seems like it's looking pretty good to go. I mean, the fact that Peters was out there, and again, there's no pads, but in terms of having a leg injury, I mean, you're really moving a lot in these team drills. I mean, you're backing up. You're basically you're playing football. You're playing the position outside of hitting. So – the fact that he was out there I thought was a very positive sign. At this point it seems like he is going to be obviously and, your starter.
0: And with him it seemed like, you know, he has this reputation of being such a leader on this team. And like right. you could just see it. Like he was pulling Jordan Mailata who's never played football before. Like Jason Peters has been in the league for like fifteen years and he's thirty six, like and he's right. a Hall of Famer. He doesn't need to do this. He he's pulling aside this rookie who's never played football before and like showing him how to do drills. I I just I just found that very interesting that this is a guy who might have retired last year if he didn't get hurt. And he's still just, like, kind of taking time out of practice to pull a guy aside, tell him, hey, you know, do it this way, you're doing it wrong. Like, I think that says a lot about – I mean, you can see why they love him so much in that locker room and yeah. why everybody was so upset when he got hurt last year. And why they keep him, honestly. I mean, he's yeah. still a very good player. Even but beyond the playing part, yeah, he's, he's almost like a coach out there for them. Yeah,
1: so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is a further down-the-line conversation, but, you know, Doug peterson has been asked about if he thinks Peters would be a good coach. And Peters doesn't really talk about that, but, you know, I agree with you. When you watch him, I mean, he – does seem to love to teach football, so it'll be interesting to see if he goes down that path, but another big piece of the news from today was Paul Warlow. Um I think I believe it was a seven-on-seven drill in the red zone. Uh, he's crossing, covering somebody. He bumps into a knee of another linebacker. Not 100% sure it was. I thought it was Corey Nelson, but he bumps knees, goes down, immediately starts to pound the ground, immediately takes his helmet off. You could tell right away it was pretty bad, and he ends up getting carded off. He ends up with an air cast on his right leg, and there's been no announcement yet. Uh, I don't think it's going to be good. I would be surprised if you see Paul Warlow play this season. To me, it seems like he probably tore a muscle. I mean, um,
0: it, it was it like went silent in there. Like, yeah, it happened. Like, I, I, everyone asked, went down on a knee. Yeah, I, I like asked. We were. I was talking to Nate Gary in the locker room afterwards, who's in, in line to get more touches with guys right. like that getting hurt. And he was like all excited about his future, and then I kind of like brought up like how tough was it to see Paul go down. His like face went down, and he like kind of got sad like what uh-huh. they don't they aren't like that unless everybody kind of knows that yeah like, serious serious injury so he's probably gone so and he just signed with the eagles he was going to be like a key special teams guy and it's unfortunate i think right. he's from delaware uh, r.i.p R. par warrior <laughs> it was it was good talking about you for nice the last known, three nice weeks known, yeah. yeah
1: but all right so now that he's probably gone they're going to have jordan hicks nigel bradham here's the linebackers currently on the roster jordan hicks nigel bradham michael kendricks Corey nelson uh, Gruzer Hill, Nate Geary, Joe Walker, uh, some undrafted rookie named Asante Brown that's not going to make the team, <laughs> and Leroy Reynolds. So realistically, looking at that, you're going to have Hicks, Bradham, Kendricks. I would say Nelson's pretty much a lock now. Now that Worrellows down, so it you have, It seems like they're pretty high on Gary too. Basically.
0: He's yeah, he's getting some first team reps.
1: Yeah, no, Gary did take a lot more reps today with the first team than I expected. It he seems looks
0: bigger talking to him. He got he got he bulked up.
1: All right, so there you go. So I would say he is the fourth linebacker. So there's four, then Corey Nelson's five. Uh, Camus, Grusier Hill, they probably keep him for special teams. That's six. So you have six there. I think last year they had seven at the roster at some so maybe point.
0: Reynolds replaces Warlow?
1: Yeah, or I mean, there's still Joe Walker, but they seem Joe like they Walker. soured on him a little yeah. bit. I mean, he was a starting linebacker last season at
0: one point, but that was a pretty really brief, show much, yeah, <laughs> brief, brief role for him. <laughs> I and mean, um, they signed Danelle Ellerby like late in the season and started him over. <laughs> right. Yeah. So
1: I would say you're looking at seven, those seven linebackers. Kendricks didn't practice today. Um, I believe he's still recovering from, he had, from like a an surgery. Ankle
0: injury or yeah, yeah. So he
1: wasn't out there for that. But no, I mean, so you still, so you got those six or seven guys. Warlow, I believe, was going to make the team. Now that he, Is probably going to be on IR all year. I do think, or even if
0: he's not, and he misses all of the preseason and training camp. Like he's probably not going to make the yeah. I think he's going to be
1: on IR. I don't think he he's back. So that's that. Roy Reynolds probably takes that roster spot. So, um, in general, I mean, look, like you said, they went with a lot of two linebackers today, which they did last season as well. So you're really only looking at Jordan Hicks and Nigel Bradham.
0: That kind of emphasizes, not to cut you off, but that kind of emphasizes the importance of Hicks staying healthy. Right. They They don't really have any experience behind them or. Or at least guys that like have been proven NFL like Corey Nelson. I s- I think he went in for Hicks at one point as like the sub in the middle linebacker spot. Mm-hmm. And then he played that a little bit in the three four in Denver. But Hicks has to stay healthy this so They don't have they didn't draft any guys, which I was pretty surprised about. They haven't really signed like starting level players. So yeah. he needs to stay healthy, or they just have to hope Michael Kendricks <laughs> doesn't get traded. I guess like, it I don't is know. funny
1: when you think like I agree. Jordan Hicks has to stay healthy. Carson Wentz has to stay healthy, Chase, <laughs> yeah. and like. All those guys, guys that were healthy last Yeah, year. And, they, and they won the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> so maybe they don't. don't yeah, know. <laughs> but no, I agree. I do think this year, I mean, look, you can still move Nigel over. You still have Kendricks to go in there. I think their linebackers this year at backup are basically the same. I mean, unless Nate Gary takes a, a step up. Yeah. I thought he played well last year in training camp. not tra- Well, training camp too, but the preseason. Then I feel like in Week 17 against Dallas, he made a nice play in pass coverage. So I do think he is. He's interesting because he was a safety and he's converted right. to linebacker.
0: So gives a little versatility. Got a little bit of
1: a wild card there in terms. I think the other guys are just guys. Corey Nelson's just a guy. Kamu Gruger-Hill's just a guy. Nate Gary's the only one I think you could potentially see turned in to an actual like NFL-caliber caliber playmaker starter. But, yeah, no, par, the Paul Warlow thing, I mean, Doug Peterson said to the team's website, the number one thing you want out of OTAs is to remain healthy. <laughs> and the first day, they lose a guy they signed. so Within, like, the first hour. Like, yeah, yeah, within the first hour. So not good. So outside the linebacker position, the other spot they're really deep at. And, again, today all the guys weren't there. But Darren Sproles wasn't there. But at, at running back... Um, they have Sproles, they have Ajayi, they have Clement, Donnell Pumphrey, Josh Adams, the other guy they signed from Adams Washington. didn't
0: practice today, though, right? Didn't
1: practice, yep. Matt Jones, who, by the way, has shaved his dreadlocks. So he <laughs> yeah, looked yeah. – couldn't really figure out who he was for a large portion <laughs> of the practice. He's still huge, though.
0: Like, that dude's big.
1: Yeah, he is. He's very tall. So what were your takeaways from watching the running backs today? Because to me, I had one clear, clear takeaway. So well, 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 let's hear yours first.
0: Uh, it's just that they're, they're really deep there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Matt Jones, like I said, I mean, I, I noticed – I didn't. Like you said, it was hard to realize that was him. I was like, is that Josh Adams? Isn't right. He? Cause he, but he's, he's a big dude. Uh, they don't have any other guys that qu- kind of quite look like him. I, know, I mean, I know Donald Pumphrey, this is kind of the first time we've seen him in a while. He's clearly shifty. He's still a little small. Yeah. And I still think it's going to be a battle for him to make the team, but he, he's – for what we I mean he also was there at punt returner which is might be his path onto the roster if he can show that he can be a punt returner as well as like a pass catcher but yeah. he's he's going to be the one that we're going to keep be keeping our eye on him and Josh Adams if he gets healthy I think are the ones I'm going to be watching and Wendell Small would like fumble the ball yeah like, he's not going to make he, the team. he's not making the team
1: so my two takeaways the first main one was you touched on it but Pumphrey so it's been I think I can like 10 months since we last saw Pumphrey with a helmet on playing football and I don't think he looked that much bigger? I mean, maybe a little bit. But to me, just watching him run, like, he has something that none of the other running backs have, especially with Darren Sproles not there. Like, he has elite speed when he's in the open field. Now, the issue is getting him in the open field. <laughs> but this time last year when we were talking about Doug Peterson, you didn't talk about him as an elite play caller, an elite play designer. And to me, watching Pumphrey today, like, my takeaway was just, man, if this guy... if Yeah, like, if they... I would just love to see Doug game plan around this guy because I, he's not going to be a you know 20-carry guy like he was in San Diego State or probably more than that per game. I mean, He touched the ball a ton at San Diego State. He's not going to be there in the NFL, but you want to talk about a guy that if you split him out wide and get the wrong matchup on him and just get the ball in his hands in an open space, he is going to be very difficult to bring down. And that was the thing about him in training camp at preseason last year like he was not good he averaged 1.9 yards per carry and there's no denying he, he was battling
0: him. a hamstring thing but yeah still Well
1: I just feel like his performance last year has almost and overblown because people yeah. are like, he was bad, and then and it was, well, he like- was really bad, and then it was, and it just slowly grows into more than it actually well, it to was. Well, got where people
0: have already moved on from him. Like, right. People are, like, forgot his existence or something. Right, so yeah.
1: no one ever talks about him unless, it's, oh, he's not going to make the team. And I'm not saying he is, but I did think today he showed that there's a reason he went in the fifth round. I mean, or, yeah, it was fourth. the fifth, fourth or fifth round. There's a reason he was drafted and didn't go undrafted like a lot of running backs on their roster. So I do think that if given the opportunity in training camp to make plays in space, especially in preseason, I think he's a guy that a lot of people are going to turn around on because he's just lightning quick with the ball. He's He's got very good hands out of the backfield, and he's got a year. I mean, look, like this is a guy that was undersized, and now he's had a year just to work on his body, to be an NFL Learn professional player. Yeah, all those things. I mean, you know, in college, even though I'm not saying, you know, it's the most rigorous study, you are still a student, and now he's had a year for a guy who's clear issue was his physical stature. Now he's had a year to work on it. I'm just very interested to see what he's, what he's going to do. But my other takeaway was J.J. consistently getting starting reps today at running back. I kind of thought that would have been Corey Clement. Well, maybe – I mean, I was
0: obviously wrong yeah, I, about that. I told that, you. I, I predicted this, so I, I think, on our last podcast, I said. All right. Well, there you go. So you, so you were right. but <laughs> I mean, I, it's still the first practice. <laughs> and Sproles isn't here, but yeah. Right.
1: And I, I'd be interested to see where Sproles would have been had he yeah. been here. But um, I think when you look at the Jay Ajayi situation, you can look at it a few ways. One is – You're not talking well, about the partying situation in L.A., right? No, we're not talking about his uh, Airbnb preferences. <laughs> but with Jay Ajayi, I do think that he, with a year left on his contract, probably not going to be back. Maybe he would be, but I would guess not. I think they're ready just maybe to run him into the ground and see Interesting. and so because in their head they're not going to bring him back anyway right. so let's
0: use what we got
1: and he's got the knee issues so I, I you know that's something long term you'd worry he's about he's
0: talented enough that like it makes sense to do that but.
1: yeah and I think he looked quick today Um, I mean not, not as quick as Pumphrey but he is for a guy that's way bigger than Pumphrey I think he, he looked very quick well I mean I think he looked quicker than last year now he had, doesn't have pads on and he's got three months <laughs> off so that's probably why but thought he looked very good he got almost all the first team reps from what i can remember and cory clement uh what was the backup what i thought was interesting
0: with clement is they i saw him split him out wide a few times and, yeah and uh i mean considering this time last year he was looked at as like kind of like a power back and for most of the year he was only coming in on short yardage hmm. and then in the super bowl of course he breaks out has 100 receiving yards right I, I, I don't think that was a one-off i think we're gonna see even there's gonna be situations where they play ajayi and they split clement out wide i think
1: and we yeah, and we see if Pumphrey I mean, Sprouls, takes any of those. That's obviously
0: Sproles' is like skill set, but uh-huh. I, I think Clement, uh, I think they want him to be able to do that. And if if he builds that, if this year he spends the whole year as like a goal line back slash receiving back, like that's gonna make him. All the better next year if he takes over as the number one guy. So, all right, rookies that stood out to you today. Now, this is we got a chance
1: to watch the rookie mini camp practice last week, but that was just individuals, and it was you know pretty. Uh, it was it wasn't much to really watch besides see what these <laughs> well, guys rookies, look I'm like. Rookies, yeah. Right. So, but now that we had a chance to really see him play today, to me, I thought one rookie really stood out.
0: But to you, who was your main standout from the rookies? Well, and you're not allowed to take my guy. I'm, I think I know who your guy is. All so right. I'll say. One guy that I, I I was intrigued by was Avante Maddox. All right, he
1: would have been my number two. Yeah, because
0: so. I, I, I really like how aggressive he is. You know, he's mm-hmm. you saw him. I, they, they used him on blitzes a few times. Uh, he, he was around the I think he dropped one interception he could have had.
1: Yeah, it would have been tough, though. I mean, it was behind him. He got yeah, his yeah, hands on Yeah, but, I mean, he,
0: he the fact that he was in, in the a game if he it.
1: drops it, everyone. Will, right. Yeah, yeah,
0: but, I mean, he, he's intriguing. I don't know if he'll – the fact that Sidney Jones is playing the slide, that actually might even be like a ch- – give him an opportunity to to get some playing time there if he shows he's ready. Uh-huh. but yeah, he I like for how for his size, he's five nine, he's super aggressive and clearly doesn't matter. He clearly doesn't care that he's smaller than everybody out there. Yeah, I thought it was
1: interesting. So they had him on the outside quite a bit, but then at certain points they had him in a nickel as well. And he did play both at Pittsburgh. Now he didn't play nickel a ton at Pittsburgh, but he did play it. So it seemed like they're gonna move so him around more a little experience bit. Than like, yeah, he's already got well, more so yeah. than Sidney Jones. Yeah. But he um from what I can remember, he was with the second team Second, third team basically all the time. Uh, Devontae Bosby, the guy from last year that was on the practice squad most nice of the fifth. year, yeah, he had a really nice interception. He was getting a ton of second team reps. It was he was the second he was on the second team with
0: Rasul Douglas. Um, Doug Peterson mentioned him early this offseason as yep. like a slot potential guy. Yeah,
1: so I don't. Think he'll make the team, but as a sixth cornerback, if they don't feel Maddox is ready, worse, yeah. yeah, I feel like he might, he 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 could have a shot. But to me, the rookie that stood
0: out was Josh Sweat, defensive yeah, end out of Florida State. Go. Yeah, I mean, the dude
1: do. is just a physical freak. Like
0: every time didn't you just watch him, and be like, how is this dude like here? Right? Like, how yeah, do they get him? Like, that's, especially that's after what I
1: was <laughs> especially after seeing Vinny Curry last year, we're number <laughs> seventy-five, and then you see oh, Josh true. Sweat. I didn't it. think they have the same like, number. And I'm not saying I mean Vinny Curry was a very good player, but just in terms of, like physical prowess. I mean, Josh he's Sweat, he's huge, and he's not just huge, he is very fast. So today, there was a play where Corey Clement, I, it was either a run or a pass, but he was running down the middle of the field, and Josh Sweat, like, turned on the burners to try to get him, and he covered 15 yards in what seemed like roughly two seconds. I mean, he was flying. I mean, he's got long legs, long arms, so when he runs and he really gets going, it was like watching, like, a deer, like, a greyhound the sprint. Like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was impressive, and well, then... Uh, on the next play, I was going to say he yeah. uh, he got a sack or what would have been a sack on Nate Sudfeld. Now it was against uh, Jordan Mulata, so I, you know I'm not saying <laughs> it was the most impressive thing in the world, but and again the their own shorts and all that crap, yeah, right. But I mean he's an impressive guy. And I thought today what really stood out is just I'm not saying he's the best athlete on the team, but he's pretty close.
0: I mean, rel- like if you consider relative to his size and everything like that, right? Like he's he might be top five. Like, yeah, I mean,
1: oh, well, he's definitely top five. Yeah, so
0: I mean, I. Again, this is in shorts and it's the first day and all that, but just the way he just like stands out amongst NFL players just makes me think like if he's just playing in a limited pass rushing role this year, like he can make an impact even mm-hmm. if it's even if he only gets the four or five sacks. I mean, that's pretty good.
1: Well, if we have four or five sacks, we Derek Burnett had five and a
0: half last year, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I, right. I just I just think he has that potential, though. Yeah, like, no, like they put him if in the right situation. He doesn't need to play. You know, let him focus on the pass rushing this year. Work on his, you know, in practices, you know, get him good at run stopping and stuff so he can take over for Brandon Graham in theory next year. Right. So, I, it, yeah, I mean, you, you walk away from that thinking, like, they got a steal right there provided his knee holds up. All right. So, before we move on to uh, the topic of the White House, any other takeaways you had from today's practice? Uh, no, I – if I, if I, I mean, Elijah Qualls didn't look bad. Uh, yeah, he had actually. a good day. I know he's a guy that you, you weren't very high on coming into this. Uh, well, I've had a roller coaster relationship yeah, with him. I, I was high him, on him last how, year, but I yeah. realized how short he was. Yeah, he's was really short for a defensive. I extremely mean, that can good, stout. You can get a low center of gravity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need him to step up. They need some Destiny Vallejo. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think you got that De- one right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he was on the first team with Jernigan out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's notable. And no Nada. That, that means they tr- yeah, and no Nada there. So that means they trust Vallejo. Still, he played, I think, like 11 games last year. Yeah,
1: that might just be he knows the defense. I know. But I, I, I'm Wall saying, should know it, too. I mean. I'm,
0: but I'm saying there's if Vallejo is the guy he has to beat out, I, I think there's room for him to be the next guy in. And mm-hmm. if Nada can't play all the time and he can't practice all the time, like there's, there's some playing time available there, especially if Jernigan's out as long as I think he's going to be. Right,
1: and if he starts the year on PUP. I mean, that's six games yeah. right there. So, you yeah, know, I agree. So definitely a ton to take away from a football perspective. But one of the biggest stories surrounding this team right now is the White House. Um, to me, I mean, there's a lot of ways to to talk about this. But to me, my biggest takeaway is it's just so interesting to see how each player views it differently and how some people it clearly means a lot. Some people don't seem to care. Some people like care enough, but it's just to me, it's been very interesting. So, Doug, today basically, and, and the players are outside of Malcolm, they all seem like so nervous when they talk about yeah, it. Yeah, like
0: somebody pointed that out. Like, when Carson, start, somebody asked Carson Wentz at the end of his press conference today, and he started answering, he's like, I don't think it's a political thing. I, I don't like talking about right. politics, uh, but I'll do and, whatever the team wants to do. <laughs> like, that's and I pretty I've... <laughs> much the answer I got from guys, I don't know about you, but when I talked to guys in the locker room, it was all. Uh, whatever the team wants to do. I haven't really thought about it. Like, there's guys that's They're kind definitely of a general... not trying to rock the boat. Yeah.
1: And the crazy thing about Wentz being
0: nervous is, like,
1: and I've told this story a few times on the podcast, but I first met Carson Wentz at the Senior Bowl, like, when he was wow. just starting to become Carson. And I remember talking to him, like, in a hallway, just me and him, and he was, like, this young dude he had like, glasses on. And just, like, seeing him go from there to where he was last year, like, I've never seen this guy be rattled. And I'm not saying he was rattled by any means at the podium, but this I Just wasn't comfortable. Yeah, it was an answer where like he tried he clearly had an answer prepared that he wanted to say and he like got off script a little and, you know, basically saying he doesn't view it as a political thing, but he does think that he would go and he like he said I'll go if most guys go. Like it's just a weird <laughs> a weird answer he gave but i think overall like you said a lot of guys that i talked to today said they probably would they would go if other teammates did they didn't seem to care a lot malcolm jenkins obviously feels very strongly about it and my main takeaway is just you know if you're listening to this podcast if you're pro pro trump anti trump Pro Democrat, Republican, whatever. Like, it's just gotta suck that they win the Super Bowl, they have a chance to go to the White House. Yeah, and this is what it is. Like, even if you're a huge, even if I'm sure there's guys on the team that are huge Trump supporters, and even if you are one of those people that supports Trump, and even if you, you know, like, whatever, it still is taking away from it because some of your teammates aren't gonna go. There's gonna be discussions of whether the team should go. Whereas, even though when like Obama was president or George Bush or Clinton, you know, the presidents before this, yes, it was there's discussion of it, but it was never like this. So that's just my main takeaway when I talk to these guys. Like they won the Super Bowl, they have a chance to go to the White House, which is a cool experience no matter how you look at it. And they gotta like they have to worry if they go, if it's viewed as if, if it's viewed They're as making like making a statement, yeah. Yeah. And I just think that sucks for them. It's just got to suck to to have that be It's almost become
0: a distraction, like this White House visit, which I don't know if it ever has been Yeah, before. but when it, once it happens on yeah, June Yeah, no, it'll, 5th, it'll go. I'm just saying, like, for right. the first day of OTAs, that that was a question every single player received. Like, right. That's and not just, something they really wanted to talk about.
1: And for guys like Malcolm, who are, I mean, like...
0: Outspoken and, yeah.
1: Yeah, but not just outspoken, but, like, extremely, extremely educated on the subject of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Malcolm... Malcolm puts his fists up during the anthem because I mean he believes minorities the, aren't treated yeah, fairly. He's I mean, the head of the Players'
0: Coalition and all right, that, yeah.
1: Like, like to, if you're if you're listening to this and you think like, oh, they're just not going, just to not go. Like, Malcolm is not going because he has deep beliefs that he has formed from educating himself on the subject. Now, there could be someone out there who's just as educated and has a different belief, and that's fine. And that's the thing with Malcolm is whenever you talk to him, he if you like, he said if you don't want to go to the white, if you want to go to the White House, fine. Like, it doesn't bother him, but he's not going, and it'll be interesting how that day goes on June 5th when they do go. I mean, Malcolm was talking about potentially doing a um, an event. I mean, he wouldn't Same give specifics. Day. Yeah, my guess is it's going to be some type of community event that day. Could it's just going to be, gonna be uh, an interesting day. I mean, they're supposed to be practicing that day, and the looks true, like they yeah, won't be now. True, yeah, I
0: feel now. like I'm curious how that's going to work exactly. I guess they'll probably bust them over.
1: Yeah, I mean, last year they canceled it to go paintballing, so I don't think it's going to uh, be the okay. end of the world, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, so... I mean, it's just life of Super Bowl champion. It'll be, and you know, if they go, we'll be there, and it'll be interesting to see what this that like This is like.
0: Hashtag Super Bowl problems. As exactly. Like hashtag First World problems. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so,
1: all right, we are going to wrap this up. Um, they'll have another practice next week. We'll we'll do another podcast after that to talk about our observations. But I wanted to end this with the review. Um, obviously, reviews have slowed down a little bit, which is disappointing. But we would love if you guys were to leave a review. So this draw this. Review is from Philly Fan 18. It's called Morning Drive, five star review. It says, I'm a huge Eagles fan from California. Every morning I drive my hour and a half commute to work. There's nothing better than listening to your team and football knowledge on my Super Bowl 52 champions. I work in the ER as a registered nurse. The environment is stressful at times. We call it the jungle. You guys rock. Thanks for making my morning commute a much better drive into work. Fly, Eagles, fly. So very that's nice. Awesome. Appreciate that. And to everyone that's been listening, we really appreciate it. Um, like I said, we are going to have A podcast next week. I think they practice on Tuesday of next week. So, everyone out there, um, enjoy your weekend off, and we'll be back on Tuesday. And, Zach, I'll talk to you next week.
0: All right, sounds good.